0: Welcome to another thrill packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix. And again, we are in our secret underground bunkers, as is our engineer, Dan, all because of the coronavirus open quote crisis, unquote. The self-induced that and economic we have, and we coma. There are new developments, and we have news from the Indian Empire regarding coronavirus this week. The citizens, the most most private citizens, are starting to stand up. The natives are getting restless, so to speak, the old phrase. As there were rallies for to restore freedom in San Bernardino, Redlands. Ukaipa Red Trukamunga, and in, in Riverside from Friday through last Tuesday. And I was at the San Bernardino and Riverside and Redlands. And Redlands, there's probably 200 plus people there. Um, That's I'm not estimating crowds, and they were spread out over four corners. But it was a, it was a fantastic turnout. And it was a it was a festive atmosphere. And there was almost constant horn honking uh, by people driving by, supporting the supporting the effort. Some people were just driving by and supported. Others were actually they were part of the rally and driving by with flags, they had signs on their cars. Some of them were uh, standing up through the the sunroof, waving their flags, driving by. Let great me time, ask you, great you great time this time about
2: your Redlands. Let me ask you this about your Redlands rally. Did you see new faces
0: amongst the uh, folks that were out? Oh, definitely. I, there were, I mean, there were some of the uh, usual suspects of our, of, our, of our activist crowd, but uh, the vast majority of people were people I have not seen at political events. Wide range of people from uh, families with young children to, to older people, uh, just what the uh, left would call, what the Democrats would call diversity. It was wonderful. Or or astroturf, depending. <laughs> yeah, yeah the uh, the office of the office of protest diversity would have been very pleased. With
2: the turnout. Well, congratulations! I think there was a pretty good turnout in Riverside. Although I would have liked to have seen the number push more towards. I think that rally had the potential to move more towards a thousand. Um, I wanna hearken back to the big event that happened in Sacramento a little bit because you said that the Redlands event had a festive uh, atmosphere. Pastor Tim Thompson was at the Sacramento uh, rally uh, that was organized by a number of different groups. And that's exactly the way that he described it. He described it like a 4th of July party with no beer and hot dogs. And it, so that sounds a
0: little bit like what you were experiencing in Redlands. Oh, it was. Yeah. And I, the scenes I saw from Sacramento where they were at the the wall of uh, state police and CHP officers all in their riot gear, trying to keep them off uh, the Capitol grounds and away from any of the, uh, of, of the politicians. But uh, yeah. Uh, so I didn't see the festive atmosphere of Sacramento, but we definitely had that in, in Redlands. It was, and, uh, it was great. It was gratifying to see so many people starting to stand up for their freedom. They're coming out of, they were, I think, deliberately scared and panicked in order to take down the economy. And then we'll talk more about, we'll talk more about that as the basis for doing that is unraveling and unraveling in a way that should make everyone angry at what's happened based on that, that that information in those and in those models but to see people starting okay you know i'm going to start to think for myself i'm gonna look at the evidence i'm not going to just going to believe what the uh media tells me. i'm not going to believe just what the government officials tell me i'm going to make i'm going to make an informed judgment for myself and i think i've kind of expected that is because when it was a new disease right there's something very frightening about disease because disease has been a scourge of humankind as long as there have been humans, in fact, there's been a scourge of, of, of all life on planet Earth, as long as there's been life on planet Earth. And just because it was a new disease. So if you had said back in October, you know, we expect a really bad flu season. We may have 80,000 people die of flu, as did in the I think, 17, 2017, 2018 season. Exactly. If we need to shut down the economy. People are going, you got to be kidding. You're right. laughed at that. But because it was a new disease. Of course, there was a lot of uncertainty. They were able to, they were able to hype it and scare people and shut down the economy. And it's my view of this this is highly politicized, but when there's an honest assessment, if and when there's an honest assessment of this time, this is going to go down as the or one of the biggest government F ups in human history. And there is mighty stiff competition for that title. I think
2: you're absolutely right, and if we look back, you know, the, the, oftentimes when you have these pandemics, there's there's a tr- there's a reference to patient zero, who was the first person to become infected, and I'm going to create a new term here. I'm going to create Professor Zero, because there is a Professor Zero that actually was the person who came out with the first dire predictions, and it's not uh it, that's not something new for professor neil ferguson now he's a professor over in the united kingdom he's supposed to be some kind of a leading disease expert and he had come out with predictions that there would be in the united states alone 2.2 million deaths so is his predictions uh a part of the university that he was he was i say now was because there's a story about that too his predictions were included in the initial assessment by the uh, United States that ultimately was used as the uh, reasoning to lock down the U.S. economy. Our, our economy uh, was, you know, they locked that down on March 16th, and then on March 17th, Gavin Newsom locked down, the United, uh, locked down California. This particular professor, Neil Ferguson, this isn't his first rodeo. Back in 2001, he helped spark a panic in over, uh, UK beef when he predicted that 136,000 people would die from, if you remember, mad cow disease in the coming decades. He forecast, his forecast was multiples higher than what other scientists had been predicted. Um, yet Ferguson did, dismissed them as naive and people listened to Ferguson. Well, fast forward to 2013, a report looking back on the number of deaths uh, from Mad Cow shows that there, are not deaths, but 174 cases in the UK, 226 worldwide. Fast forward, Greg, to 2005, when Ferguson predicted that the bird flu pandemic would kill 200 million people around 40 million people he reasoned died in the Spanish flu in 1918 and he said this there's six times as many people in the world today therefore you got to scale that up to around 200 million do you remember ultimately how many people now the World health Organization says
0: died of bird flu 440. bingo not now 440,000, not 44 thousand not 440 right. million 440. People and here, total. Here, see, and here's and here and here's why we should be angry about this, because you have this guy with this documented record of wild error. Yep. Comes out with a new prediction. Burks and Fauci take this to President Trump. Mr. President, if you don't shut down the economy, two point two million Americans are going to die. Now, Fauci and Burks must have known of Ferguson's prior erroneous record.
2: Or it would have been easy enough to look up, wouldn't you? If you're going to take something like this to the president, wouldn't you at least verify that this guy had some basis and some track record and
0: some efficacy in his modeling? Wouldn't you do that? Right. Yes. And of course, now we see how bad it is because his model predicted that because Sweden didn't lock down its economy, that by May 1, there would be 40,000 deaths in Sweden because of coronavirus and 100,000 by June 1. The actual number in Sweden is about 2,600. So we see it it, as as with the IMHE model, the models just collapse and they are way, way wrong. But these are the basis on which the, quote, experts, unquote, used to panic the people and panic the politicians into shutting down the economy and causing an economic depression. Now there's an interesting. Was was this just wrong or was this intentionally wrong?
2: That is a question that is going to be, that we're going to try to answer in the future. And we can get a little insight into that. Now there's an interesting anecdote to this story because Good old Neil Ferguson didn't even follow his own advice, his own lockdown advice, and had his mistress come over to his apartment not once, not twice, but at least three times that we know. And as a result, he's had to leave his university position
0: in disgrace. Didn't even follow his own advice. And this was after... And it was, it was within 14 days of when he was diagnosed as having coronavirus. Yep. So this woman who, who, who is married and has children at home came over to his apartment or house or residence for sex then went back to her own family. And so you, you see this and you see this all over is the people that are pushing these orders, the people that are making these orders. Don't live by them themselves. The governor of Illinois, his family flies off for vacation to Florida. The governor of Virginia spends his weekends at his beach house in North Carolina. But don't you go to the beach. Right. Michelle Obama makes these robocalls. They are recording to robocalls (laughs) for people in in D.C. saying stay at home while Barack Obama goes and plays golf. So you raises yep. the real question. Like, like this, you see the same thing with, do these people even really believe what they're saying? It's like d- d- exactly climate change. When Obama buys a $15 million beachfront mansion, lifestyles of the rich and socialist, of course, and he's, and then professes to be worried about climate change and rising sea levels, does he really believe it? It's crazy, you it know. Is. I want the governor of New York, is Tucker Carlson, is as condemning condemning as immoral anyone who doesn't wear a mask. Now, at the same time, the governor of New York and everyone on the panel with him was not wearing a mask.
2: Exactly right. And there's another little data point that's just come out of New York. I want to throw into our conversation one that actually surprised the governor of New York. As it turns out. They surveyed and researched the people who had been who had required a hospitalization. Now, you would think, based on everything that we've learned, that this lockdown would keep people who are sheltered at home safe. And those people that are running around, uh, you know, interacting with who knows who not wearing masks would be the people that would be showing up at hospitals. And yet the data the thing that the left loves to quote, you know, let's follow the science and the data, turns out 66% of those being admitted to hospitals were home before being admitted to hospitals. They were the people that were staying at home where it was supposed to be safe. Those are the people that ended up going to hospitals. The surveyed patients were all over 51 years old and were either retired, unemployed, or or non-essential workers, about 96% of them, Greg, which is statistically the majority, the vast majority, or in layman terms, all, had comorbidities. So if all of the people that were admitted to the hospital in New York were people that had other illnesses, you would think that we should be focused on that vulnerable population, keeping them safe, and yet, no. Those are the people. The data came, by the way, from 113 hospitals that were reporting on patients that were being treated over the three recent days. So, you know, I, I, I yeah, staying at home turns out to be more dangerous than roaming around the beach.
0: That's kind of that's what those doctors in Bakersfield said: is when you stay, when you try when you hide at home, your uh, immune system is weakened. But I see our, our our engineer is making gestures at us through the through the through the zoom link here, so we better take a break here before he makes an even even ruder gesture at us. Uh, so let's we'll take a have us here from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. we will be back after this.
1: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event heard weekends right here on AM590 Dancer. By now I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well if you own a home, it means we can possibly one reduce your payment.
4: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And Greg, I need to credit you with that particular quote. I actually used that Tuesday when we had the great rally out in front of the Board of Supervisors And I use that quote to kind of drive home the point. We need to be better at the proper care and feeding of a republic because if anybody deserves the, I guess, uh, I I guess to be spanked for for not for not protecting the republic. Whatever you're into, Don. It's the citizens like us because somehow we're not doing what we need to do and this thing has gotten out of control. But also speaking at the Board of Supervisors rally that was held um, right as the Board of Supervisors were uh, commencing their normal meeting, and they were taking up a agenda item to roll back. Many or rescind, as the words were in this agenda item, a number of the provisions from the public health officer. Uh, We had a number of people speaking. One of them was someone that we got to know last week because she appeared in the news as a rule breaker. She decided to open up her business, which happens to be a salon, on April the 27th. We got word of this and had her on the show uh, to talk a little bit about her rationale and her reasoning and why she felt she needed to uh, open her salon uh, that's based in Corona. She did. Now, another person has made a lot of headlines out of Texas that's opened up her salon. We'll get to her in a moment. But Kira Berenian spoke at that rally on Tuesday morning, and I got to say, uh, I think she was one of the most appreciated speakers at that rally. Now you were there. Uh, what did you think of what she had to say, Greg?
0: I think she was very good because she just spoke, she spoke as a as an ordinary citizen, a, a business owner, uh, someone has family to support someone who has people who work there. Now the the people that cut the hair are they're all independent contractors and just rent space, but they all have the same situation. They have found ways to support. And in that business, you're not making money unless there's somebody in the chair in front of you getting their hair done. Uh, so it's, it's gratifying to see. So she took the chance. She just said, I'm opening. And that the authorities have backed off, and they have not tried to close her down. So she is an example of you know, if she can do it, others can do it. And we, as we asked Pastor Jack Hibbs last week, if she pastors have as much courage as hair salon owners, and hopefully at some point they will, and they're just going. The, the pastors of, of America are going to pick a Sunday. In the not too distant future, I hope, and say, we're opening. If you feel you're at risk and don't want to come down to church this week, we'll certainly understand. You can watch us online, but I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. I'm going to be speaking the gospel, and the church doors are going to be open for anyone who wants to come in. Well, let me share an update with you, because
2: there are churches that have gathered together and decided that regardless of whatever the now at the core of this is that churches have been labeled non-essential. So they're slated to be open somewhere in what's being called phase three or four. But the churches have gathered together. Pastor Jack Hibbs is leading the charge, and they have picked May 31st to do a mass reopening of churches, regardless of what the governor and local authorities say. And I got to wonder, what are local authorities going to do with that much civil disobedience? I've got an idea about one law enforcement officer who says... I am not going to go after ordinary citizens that are exercising their constitutional right. That happens to be Sheriff Chad Bianco, who actually spoke at that Board of Supervisors meeting. And here is what he had to say as a law enforcement officer about what's unfolding in our county and around the country.
5: Good afternoon. Eight weeks ago, our public health officer and the governor participated in something never done before in our nation's history. They ordered residents into their homes, closed their businesses, made them wear masks forbid them from going to church and eliminated constitutional freedoms put in place over 200 years ago. In the name of a public health crisis, our civil liberties and constitutional protections were placed on hold. Over the past two months, we have asked a lot from our residents so we could flatten the curve of infection to prevent our hospitals from being overcrowded. It worked. What isn't being emphasized is that 2,000 of the 4,300 people who have tested positive have already recovered and returned to work. What that means is that out of 2.5 million people in Riverside County, we have only 2,300 residents positive with this virus. Statistically, that is less than a tenth of 1%. Unfortunately, we have lost 181 of our residents to this virus, but keep in mind that that is only 7 one-thousandths of 1%. While the loss of any life is tragic, we must also be cognizant of the future and well-being of our county's fiscal health and the ability to perform necessary functions. Our future success depends on the leadership of our county to make decisions based on facts and data, not projections and fear. The fact is, everyone doesn't have to be afraid of this virus. Without other serious medical issues, the danger of this virus is significantly lowered, if not eliminated. If you're afraid of contacting this virus or if you have underlying health conditions, you should stay home. From the beginning, I told you that I would not be enforcing the stay-at-home order partly because I trusted our residents' ability to do the right thing without the fear of being arrested. I knew that they could be trusted to act as responsible adults, and I was correct. As we continue, I will reinforce my position not only do we not have the resources to enforce unreasonable orders, I refuse to make criminals out of business owners, single moms, and otherwise healthy individuals for exercising their constitutional rights. I believe Riverside County residents are responsible enough to to proceed cautiously. The original projections and fears that caused these orders to be put into place have been proven wrong. As leaders, we must adjust our decisions to better serve the county as a whole. There cannot be a new normal. We are talking about a country formed on the fundamental freedoms of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Any new normal is a direct attack on those basics, right, basic rights which set us apart and make us the greatest country in the world.
0: What do you think, Greg? That was, that was gratifying to hear. And um, I, do, I would differ on one point. And this is his is, is belief or assertion that the lockdown slowed the spread of the disease. There is no evidence that is so, and in fact, there is growing evidence it is not so. Multiple scientists have looked at the data and find that the government, when the government intervenes and what the government does in trying to slow the spread of, of the virus, has no effect. On on how, on the number of cases, there's a up and down of the curve, and that happens whatever the government does or does not do. So that's, I would differ on that one point, and it's an important point, but in the fundamental thing that he was saying is that, great, we're not going to enforce these orders, which are of dubious constitutionality, on. Ordinary citizens, and we've seen that all across the country, is is politicians in multiple jurisdictions are releasing actual criminals. Oh. While at the same time locking up all abiding citizens for going to the playground, going to the park, and just trying to earn a living. And I'm glad that our Sheriff Bianco is not doing that. Exactly
2: right. We're going to continue with our conversation, obviously, about the COVID virus, the pandemic that's occupying our headlines, and uh, more about the meeting on Tuesday and what transpired this week as the United IE Radio Show continues.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net
3: Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer.
0: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen and Taking a brief break from our continuing coverage of the coronavirus open quote crisis, unquote, this news just popped up as we're recording. And that is the justice department who I previously called the injustice department. And maybe they're working on getting rid of that. Uh, I N in front of justice department is dropping its criminal case against Michael Flynn. And the new evidence that has come out recently that shows, that he was deliberately set up and sought to be implicated in a crime after there was, they concluded there was no basis. And then the Justice Robert said here, there was no basis to be investigating him at all. And never mind what they did after that. They didn't even get to what they did after that to this guy, is they went over and conducted an ambush interview and asked him details of a telephone call he had had and when the FBI had the transcript. Looking for any any errors between his what he recalled and what was in the transcript. Notwithstanding that, the FBI agents who went over there to interview him concluded that he did not lie; that he was not he did not intentionally misstate anything from the, from the telephone call he had had a month or more previously. Notwithstanding that, Muir decided to prosecute, even though the FBI agents had concluded he did not lie. And this fact that the FBI agents did not believe he did not lie was withheld from General Flynn and his attorneys, who now looks like we're not necessarily fully representing him. They're they're a big time swamp law firm. And looks like they were not looking out for their client's interest. They just recently, with other evidence and other information, turned over a whole bunch of documents to their client that they had withheld from their own client. So then the government proceeds to basically bankrupt Flynn, run him out of money, force him to sell his home, and they threaten to prosecute his son on unrelated matters to get him to plead guilty, all while not disclosing all that information to him. And when the government can do this to Michael Flynn, who was the former three-star general, former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, a top advisor to the president, the FBI... Which has become a corrupt, politicized arm of the Democrat Party that no that deserves no trust and no confidence from any American. Can, they can do it to anyone, and they did it to a, fr- a mutual friend of ours, Steve Stockman. Yep. And after and after Stockman had th- had suggested that Lois Lerner, the corrupt Obama IRS official that targeted the Tea Party and other conservative groups using the IRS. But that that she refused to testify in Congress that the Congress should use its power to actually arrest her and put her in the jail cell in the basement of the Capitol. After that, now, the FBI started an investigation of Steve Stockman Four grand juries later. Right. It took four grand juries money, to get an, a grand jury that would
2: ultimately convict him four times. They had to do this.
0: Right, and the saying goes that they, they, that a prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich because only the prosecutor is presenting any, informa- any evidence or argument to the grand jury. But it still took them four grand juries to find some technical alleged violation. The judge wouldn't let Steve Stockman call his own accounting witness to sit to explain what had happened. He had a, very, because he had out of money, he had a public defender who was a far lefty who hated Steve Stockman and wanted to see him guilty when wanted to see him found guilty. So because he wasn't as prominent, he suffered the same kind of treatment as Michael Flynn. And, he, and Steve Stockman is still in prison while they're letting other real criminals out of prison, as we talked about in our previous half hour. Oh, they let Michael Avenatti
2: out. Because yeah. of the risk, because of the risk of possibly getting COVID, and here you got Steve Stockman, who is an insulin-dependent diabetic, has other complica- complicating, has essentially what they call comorbidities, which is a death sentence if you get uh, the coronavirus. And they're let, they let, uh, didn't they also let Michael Cohen out, uh, put him on house arrest? I don't know. I There's did, other figures I that, that they, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, there's other figures that they've let out. But back to Michael Flynn. One of the things that really irked me during this entire process as pundit after pundit began to suspect that there was a problem with the with the Flynn case. And we've talked about other, um, you know, individuals. You've got uh, Roger Stone, uh, who was rousted in the morning. Uh, Same with Paul Manafort these individuals were the ones that were used over and over and over again by the media to point to the fact that, well, you've got all these people revolving around Donald Trump that were guilty. Therefore, where there's smoke, there must be fire. Trump colluded with Russia. Now we see the very first case starting to melt down Roger Stone's case. And then remember, uh, Jerome Corsi, who refused to cop a plea, his case is still out there rummaging around. All of these were similar process crimes. Well, except for, I guess, Paul Manafort, who had other uh, things from before he was even involved with Donald Trump that they were able to pin on him. But all of these cases that are going to start coming unraveling. Now, the problem, here's here's what I'm concerned about with the Flynn case. The The Dropping of these charges by the Department of Justice means that the media will immediately drop the conversation about Flynn and move on. There's still a lot we need to know. And I hope that Durham uh, is continuing to investigate this because I think that there are additional criminal complaints that should be lodged against the people that trumped this up against Flynn.
0: They broke the law. They, they did, and there's one more point on Flynn's case, is when FBI agents interview somebody, they don't take notes, they don't record their interview. Later, they prepare what's called a 302 report with what they remember from the interview. Now, you're subject to the limitations of memory. Plus, it has the opportunity to spin. They, the FBI agents can spin it the way they want to. They can omit things that were said that don't fit their pre what the outcome of of the investigation that they want to, but the original three hundred two report from the agents prepared after their interview with Flynn is missing. Hmm. Right, you you lose hmm. your, you, you lose this key document in this highly publicized, highly high profile investigation, and it's quote lost unquote. In and of itself, when the government loses key evidence, that in and of itself can be grounds to dismiss the case, and it should have been dismissed long ago, just for that very very reason. Why is it missing? The only logical, reasonable conclusion is it's missing because it didn't support the government's case. Right.
2: And that guy, Peter Strzok, I'll tell you what, man, the pictures of him from his congressional testimony, that guy looked like a guilty... He looked like a guilty man. He looked like a guy that was demon-possessed. He's the one who engineered all of this against Flynn. He went back and asked if the uh, investigation, and it wasn't called Crossfire Hurricane was the overarching investigation, but they actually had a name for the case against Flynn. Do you remember what it was? It was Crossfire something. I think it was Razor,
0: Operation Razor. or Crossfire Razor, Razor, maybe.
2: But he went back to find to to because he he wanted to go after Flynn and Andrew McCarthy has a really interesting theory about why they went after Flynn. But he he uh, lo- was looking into this, asked if they were uh, it was still active, was told they were going to close it out, and said no, don't close it out. We want to interview him, and then orchestrated this hit job against Flynn. Now, why would they go? And Andrew McCarthy asks a really important question. Why Flynn? Why go after him? And posits that maybe this this uh, effort to get Flynn to uh, set him up for a process crime was part of the infamous insurance policy that Peter Stroke talked about. um who knows, but this is the kind of thing that needs to be investigated because this pre- i mean, going after Flynn predates uh, th- there's a lot that went on that predates the uh, effort to right. to uh, go after Flynn.
0: And, it was, and it was, the target, of course, was Donald Trump and Flynn's attorneys, his first set of attorneys who r- weren't really representing him, asked him, do you have any dirt on Donald Trump? Katie McFarland, which worked, worked with Flynn in the National Security Council in the White House, she came under the same kind of pressure and investigation, and they were pushing her to lie about Donald Trump. Jerome Corsi, the same thing. They wanted him to lie about Donald Trump. This is what the FBI has become, and it is, it, it is a grave threat to our republic and our freedom when the national police force can do this. When it's become, I, and I'm not aware of as ever happening in our history, is where the FBI has intervened in trying to help one side, one party win an election.
2: Yeah, politicize the is, FBI. Here's here's the down Here's part of the downside. And By the way, you mentioned KT McFarland. KT McFarland has said it wasn't just one or two bad apples. Uh, She told Brian Kilmeade that it was more than just Peter Strzok who was involved in this. It was a multi agency endeavor, which means it goes way beyond the FBI. But the the real tragedy of this is for the line agents, the people that join the FBI, because they truly believe that the FBI is an important agency. The impact on the work that the FBI can do. Let me ask you this. Let me personalize this. If the FBI comes knocking at your door today, do you invite them in and start talking to them and answering their questions today? I would be very reticent to.
0: I, and if I did, I would record the interview. Yep. I would also be I would also be exceptionally careful in to avoid making you know, I think that my, to the best of my recollection, you know, I think it was this, I'm not and I would I'd be expressed. I'm being I know that if, if anything I say is contrary to what someone else says or a document. You can use this to come after me. So I'm going to be exceptionally, exceptionally careful in qualifying my memory of of, of any of these events and to to avoid that. Um, And you you may may just be better off not talking to them at all. But but if you're going to, I would would definitely recommend, because since they don't record these interviews, they don't even take notes. They go back later and prepare a report which is, again subject to the limitations of their memory. Plus, they have the opportunity to spin it the way they want to spin it. They have the opportunity to even add things. They can omit things that you said. So if you're going to do it, record your
2: session. I don't know that it, I would even invite them in anymore. I'd want no, to have an attorney present. People.
0: You know, and I, I thought if I was if I was a juror in a case where, in, a, in a federal case where the FBI agent was going to testify, the, the testimony, the general assumption, uh, many of our commentators has been, well, there's the, the leadership was bad, but the regular the rank and file are good. Really? Why should we believe that? Because they have been trained and recruited by this leadership. As far as we know, when the FBI did these things and set Michael Flynn up, they intervened in the election, they spied, unlawfully spied on the Americans, they misrepresented to the, to the, to the FISA court, not a single employee of the FBI came forward as a whistleblower or in any way posed an objection to anything that's going on. So I, don't, I wouldn't assume that your rank-and-file FBI agent is an honest straight shooter anymore. Right. Again, our engineers is making, making gestures at us. So it probably means we should take a break here and hear from our sponsor, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll.
3: Back after this.
2: On AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And private citizens all over the state have been showing up to show that they want to go back to work and they're not happy staying at home. And there's a direct financial impact on that uh, of that on the state. We'll get to that in a moment. But there's a brand new person that is working for the Trump administration in a brand new position and that is press secretary and uh, one of the recent press secretaries uh, I love I love some of the past press secretaries that have uh, had that position but this person uh, burnished her credentials against the media Greg just recently this week when you heard her what was your immediate reaction
0: well I I just I had not heard her do anything other than with this clip that we're gonna play which is wonderful. And I'm old enough to remember back in January and February, how the MSMs and the Democrat politicians and basically they're they're one of the same part of the same part of the same team. Uh, we're downplaying coronavirus. It's not a threat. It's not you know, don't worry about it. It's it's the flu. you know, it's old people are all worried about it then and the politicians are the same way. Come on down to Chinatown, yeah, we you take the take the subway, what have you. And oh well, Donald Trump was was ahead of the curve and trying to take trying to do something and take it seriously. Uh so that sets up this little exchange at the press conference between a reporter and
1: and Kaylee. You worked for the campaign, and you made a comment, I believe, on Fox, in which you said President Trump will not allow the coronavirus to come to this country. Given what has happened since then, obviously, would you like to take that back?
4: Well, first, let me note, I was asked a question um, on Fox Business about present travel restrictions, I noted what was the intent behind those travel restrictions, which is we will not see the coronavirus come here. We will not see terrorism come here, referring to an earlier set of travel restrictions. I guess I would turn the question back on the media and ask similar questions. Does Vox want to take back that they proclaim that the coronavirus would not be a deadly pandemic? Does the Washington Post want to take back that they told Americans to get a grip? The flu is bigger than the coronavirus? Does the Washington Post, likewise, want to take back that our brains are causing us to exaggerate the threat of the coronavirus? Does the New York Times want to take back that fear of the virus may be spreading faster than the virus itself? Does NPR want to take back that the flu was a much bigger threat than the coronavirus? And finally, once again, the Washington Post, would they like to take back that the government should not respond aggressively to the coronavirus? I'll leave you with those questions, and maybe you'll have some answers in a few days. Yep. Haley, okay. we're
5: just
1: Thank you very much.
0: She does it so Mike nicely. drop. She does it so nicely. Sticks you know,
2: the knife in with a smile. Exactly right. And, you know, this really points out that if the media didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. I don't think that this guy who happens to be from I think it's the AP uh, expected Kaylee McNaney to respond in that way. But respond in that way, she did, because everybody during that January and for the first half of February was saying, oh, COVID-19 no big deal we can't worry about it even Nancy Pelosi encouraged people to go out and party for the Chinese New Year in Chinatown so did Bill De Blasio i mean there are any number of political leaders and media types that said no big deal uh, don't have to worry about this even the world health organization didn't see much of a of a of an issue with COVID predominantly because China was lying about it all along
0: but and here Anthony you got Fauci the, too, Anthony and, Fauci all the way into March. Exactly. Was, yeah, no big deal. The risk is minuscule. It's about the same as flu. No need to change your lifestyles. Even that was, and that was the end of February. Yep. Well, except for this guy
2: named Neil Ferguson, who said the sky is falling, and then caused the entire world to shut down. But besides him, nobody was that concerned.
0: Right. And then, then it was Ferguson. And then also the, the, the World Health Organization flipped and said it's going to have a 3.4% mortality rate applied to the whole population. And that was used by people like Fauci and Burks. To uh, and people in other countries to panic the politicians. It's hard. If you're a president, you know they they, they seemingly qualified health experts come in, Mr. President. Must we shut down the economy? 2.2 million Americans are going to die. Or they go to Prime Minister Boris Johnson in UK, Mr. Prime Minister. If you don't shut down the economy and lock people up, then 500,000 Britons are going to die. That's hard. To, that's that's hard to stand up and say, Nah, never mind. And it really is. These people should have. I, I think these. I believe. I can't prove it yet. But if if we had God's envelope sitting on the table, to the answer to the question: Did, did Fau- were Fauci and Burks and similar people just wrong? If so, people are wrong, or were they intentionally wrong? I would bet on intentionally wrong. <sighs> I'm going to give them –
2: I'm going to take the different tack. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point. What I'm not going to give the benefit of the doubt to are the number of political types, including Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, even Joe Biden, who in a conversation with Hillary Clinton, uh, she said – We can't let this pandemic crisis go to waste. Uh, You had Newsom in response to a Bloomberg question, are you going to use this crisis to implement progressive policies? After about a minute and a half, he admitted, yes, this is an opportunity to advance progressive policies. Even Nancy Pelosi said that. So, yes, there are political types that we're definitely going to leverage this pandemic, uh, in order to advance uh, poli- in, in order to advance policies, I'm not going to quite go as far as you, but I'm with you. This was this was definitely and is being used to cripple the economy. Now, um, we had on Mark Morano, uh, who talked about how uh, in all of the years of the environmentalists trying to advance the gr- their green agenda, they were trying to shut down everything from uh, us eating meat to the fossil fuel industry, to uh building a bridge to Hawaii so we wouldn't have to fly there anymore, which doesn't make any sense because you gotta figure that all those people driving to Hawaii would use more gasoline. I guess they probably thought electrical, but ultimately electrical is fired by coal. So I don't know where their uh where the green opportunity was there. But Mark Morano said this is an environmentalist's dream. They were able to do in two to 3 weeks what environmentalists have been trying to do for decades and the impact to the economy has been huge california just revealed a 54.3 billion dollar deficit this is going to signal that there are going to be huge cuts in our in our services ahead schools healthcare safety net programs all are facing devastating cuts Kevin Jeffries, supervisor for the uh, Riverside County, is projecting a $100 million deficit for the county. They're going to have to make cuts, which is kind of ironic because you had on Tuesday a lot of people who showed up to the county that were saying open up the county. The county board of supervisors during their meeting were also taking phone calls for testimony asking people to weigh in, whether the county should rescind some of the public health officers' uh, mandates. The people who were calling in, by and large, were public employees, many of them teachers, uh, some of them staff, some of them leaders. We had a couple superintendents and, and, and union officials that called in. And those individuals were, I mean, they were saying, you know, you you can't have whole profits over lives. You can't, uh, you know, uh, give benefits to billionaires. I mean, some of the some of the excuses that they were using were just ludicrous. The um, the CFO of the county called and weighed in and said, you guys, you realize that if you keep this uh, county shuttered ultimately you're going to pay the price in lower jobs well kevin jeffries just confirmed that a hundred
0: million dollar potential cuts for the county
2: there you go i Greg. think they have
0: visions of the I they have visions the federal government's going to bail them out and print more money and borrow more money and send it all back to, to the state and local governments and you know, we can just live indefinitely we'll just keep printing more money Uh, We'll know more as the next week unfolds. That's about it for us on the Unite
2: Inland Empire radio show every Saturday at 4 o'clock and other times throughout the
3: weekend as the space provides. God bless you all. Be safe. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
1: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. MLS
3: NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number
5: 3199. Arizona license number zero nine two five eight three seven Equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.